Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. And we're back with another episode. Mr. Ike, what is the craziest thing somebody's asked you to insure or that you've seen in the insurance business? Well, I don't know. I've seen I've seen a few crazy things, a few crazy claims, and and over the times, so I think the craziest thing I've been asked to um, to insure um, the most probably the most interesting thing is uh, actually I've, I've done it twice uh, for two two different customers and uh, art collections, art collections that are like hundreds of thousands of dollars, and uh, and so you, so I get the opportunity to go out to their house take pictures of everything, document what they have so that we can tie it in with their, um, with their, uh, the schedule that they get from their appraiser and everything. So I think that's probably, uh, you know, with personal articles policies, you can insure collections, you can insure, uh, uh, you know, sports cards and coin collections. I've seen, I've seen all sorts of things like that. That's, that's one of the most interesting lines of insurance that we do here. Absolutely fascinating. And here I was thinking about insuring my legs. I didn't know if that was going to work or not, Randy. What do you think? No, you can do prosthetics. <laughs> you can. Uh, that is insurable. Uh, prosthetics, aids, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We've had hearing, hearing aids insured and uh, it actually had claims like for the dog ate the, the hearing aid. And, really? and so, oh. yep. Yeah. Well, for those of you who yeah, don't jewelry know, items. For those of you who don't know, we're here with Mr. Ike Eisenhower, the I, I, it's not a stretch to say the king of insurance in Hot Springs Village. Ike is with State Farm, has a place just across from the Sonic, uh, just outside the village. Ike, how many years have you been doing this, buddy? I've been with State Farm for 32 years, and I've been out here in the village as an agent for 24. 24 years. You've seen a couple of things. Is that right? That's right. That's right. I have seen a lot uh, from tornadoes to uh, hailstorms to, uh, you know, uh, huge periods of growth here in the village. I mean, I remember insuring once upon a time I had to insure, uh, look at uh, every house that we insured. I had to go take a front picture and a back picture of every house, which, uh, you know, we we're we, we've got a six six state zone and I'm probably uh I don't know how many years in a row, but I've been in the top five for writing homeowners policies uh, out of 3,000, 4,000 agents or something like that. And uh, so, so as you can imagine, I spent a lot of my time driving around the village looking at houses. And I remember going on, uh, uh, insuring one of the first two houses on uh, Madeiras, you know, back when it was a dirt road 
or Pizarro when that was a dirt road. So, I mean, first, first houses in Isabella, first houses in, in, uh, in Granada. Uh, I mean, I remember I'm looking at the Sonic and all, I remember when that was all woods, you know, so I've been here for a little while. Well, and let me help our guest here. And Randy, I know you'll ask this if I don't. The Madeiras is the far east that goes up to Granada and Damonte and all that. And those would be, geez, the late 1990s, early 2000s or something, or even yes, before then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, Isabella came first and then Granada. Randy, what have you always wanted to ask your insurance agent? Yeah, you know, I'm more I'm more interested in the financial services stuff personally, but you guys go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what, Randy alluded to Randy, Randy alluded to what I wanted to talk about. Number one, like you do insurance, you do home, you do auto, you do life, you do all those things. Right. And, mm-hmm. and as we began to talk about this, and I can, I've been working together on some stuff thing for a while. There's so many questions, you know, you say, well, I really need a life insurance. And, and I uh, think a really great agent will ask you, really? Why? If, if you've got this many funds set aside, why do you need life insurance? And that's really where it kind of transitions right into financial planning. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, life insurance, you know, the way we look at it and, and uh, a lot of, well, I think uh, even uh, see uh, um, uh, financial, the financial planning guides there. Uh, like right. if you're a, uh, uh, financial professional, you know, you also protect first and then insure later, you know, I mean, uh, invest later, you know, so you got to protect what you have first and then invest. And then finally on top of the pyramid, you uh, worry about legacy things, you know, so, money so let me get this straight. So you, you, you are a financial planner. I'm not, I'm well, I'm a chartered financial consultant. I'm not a huh. uh, CFP, but, um, uh, but, but um, yeah, I, I do financial, I do give financial advice. We do have financial products here. Huh. Randy, how does this tie in? I'm letting you go here. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, the, the tip, the typical, the typical client, is there such a thing as a typical client, Ike, when it comes to whatever that transition might look like as far as from, from insurance to financial services stuff? I mean, it seems to me that. I could be wrong, but everybody could use some financial services stuff. Clearly people can get at some age, uh, I'm there. Kids are grown, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. funeral stuff taken care of. I mean, life insurance is not that big a thing for me and it's not because I'm financially independent. It's just quite honestly, it's just not the priority anymore. I'm, I don't, I don't care. Right. Right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to benefit somebody where I need to, you know, when you have kids, I, I wanted a policy. My wife wanted a policy. Okay. But we haven't had kids in the house for two decades. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's much more that protect what you've got and, you know, and if you can increase some stuff, cause our number one fear is the same number one fear that everybody who's getting older has is outliving your money right so you know right. you want to protect your resources and and figure all that out so mm-hmm. i guess my question would be you know so where do you even begin or, or what are those conversations the beginning of those conversations sound like because i would imagine there's a considerable number of people in our audience that may have never sought it uh but may be tempted 
too. I've had a number of conversations, and I've, I've had a few CFPs as clients along the way through the years, mm-hmm. and I and I know from from their experience, there can be trepidation on the part of people to even come and approach somebody like you, because some people, for instance, can be they can think, man, I I, I should have done better. I should have done better in my life than I've than I've done by now. You know, I I don't want Ike judging me. You know, because I'm I'm not all that successful. You know, and that was something that I had never thought about. I mean, I, I hadn't thought about the trepidation on the part of a prospective customer who desperately could use the help, but whatever fears they've got. So I guess my question would right. be this: all that all that long winded tripe to say this. You know, what what's what's what are the big hurdles for people even approaching you for that kind of help? Um, probably the biggest hurdle that people have uh, with with us is um, not even realizing that we do the financial services part of of uh, of, uh, of the financial service world. You know, and we we do um, you know people people know that we do life insurance. I mean, we've been uh, a top life insurance company in America for year year after year, and and uh, and so forth. Uh, but you know the things like uh, the banking products that we've had for so many years, and and uh, uh, annuities, mutual funds, things along those lines. Uh, people are not necessarily as aware uh, uh, that that we do those types of things too. You know, because it's not our bread and butter. It's not our primary thing that we do. Our primary thing is protecting people for from the risks of everyday life. You know, auto accidents and fires and things along those lines. And so anyway, they don't think of us in, in those terms. And, does that same, uh, does that have, same, does that same theme of, of protecting people carry over in the financial services part of your business? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, people protect their house with the homeowner's policy, but, uh, you know, they, 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 there are protections that you can put on your, uh, finances that can make you safe for the rest of your life too. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, we're looking at, I mean, I heard earlier today, I'm not sure where it is right now. Market was down 800 points today. Um, you know, that scares people. And there's a lot of people that avoid market risk because of that. Well, there are ways that you can um, protect yourself against things like that, or, you know, even participate in the market with with protections against things like that. And, and so, um, um, you know, we can handle just about anything here with the exception of individual stocks and bonds and options and things like that, you know, that, that, uh, a financial planner can help you with that, or you can do it with your own e-trade account or TD Ameritrade account or something like that. But, uh, but we can help. What would some of those protections be? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm interested. I mean, in this market and you say it's down 800 today, well, that's because Friday it was down or yesterday or the day before it was 600. And then, I mean, we're looking at, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, people don't know when we're recording this, but it's, it's mid June and you know, sure. who, who knows what tomorrow is. I mean, we're talking 20% off the high and I'm mm-hmm. sure there are some people looking and going, well, where's the floor? Where's the floor? And, and what kind yeah. of profit, what kind of products do you have could stop that or could at least leverage against it? Yeah. Well, there's, there's a variety of things, um, you know, from, from the most conservative to the, to the, uh, to the most speculative type things, um, you know, we most conservative things out there that a lot of people feel like they're stuck with are CDs and money market accounts. You know, the 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 they're safe. 
you're not going to lose your money. You're not going to make a lot of money. I mean, these, in fact, uh, compared to inflation, you actually are losing money, but, but you're not losing money stock market wise, you know? And, uh, and so a lot of people feel like they're confined, confined and doomed to stick with those products forever, you know? And, uh, and, but there are some ways just, just through basic fixed annuities or, 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 um, you know, things that are, uh, that aren't even related to the stock market where you can get a little bit of income off of, uh, off of your, uh, off of your safe money and, uh, and, you know, live a little bit more comfortably with and, and, and allow the rest of it to grow into, in something that, that may be, um, uh, you may keep it in a, in a CD or something like that, or you may put it into a, uh, you know, a product that gets you two or 3%. You know, we've, we've got fixed annuities to pay up 3.75 as of today. That's probably going up as interest rates. And you know, we just had the, the fed rate yesterday of 0.75 points, you know, and, and, uh, and so, uh, anyway, those are probably going up too, but there are things like that, like a, a good example, um, we had a customer a few years ago and she had, uh, she had money that was in um, mutual funds and, uh, and she was afraid to spend it. She had a, uh, um, her husband had passed away, um, daughter with special needs and they, uh, and she was really concerned about leaving enough for the daughter in a special needs trust, but she, but she could use another, $300 a month in income because it was really stressful on her. And we just took some of that. We put it into a straight um, immediate annuity and gave her $300 more a month in income. It didn't take a fortune to do that. She lived comfortably for the rest of her life and left her daughter with more money after she passed away than, than, than uh, when we did the annuity. And so anyway, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, you, 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 you take a hundred thousand dollars, you put that into a CD and what, what you get, what, maybe a thousand dollars a year or something like that. And if you're 75 years old, let's say you take a hundred thousand dollars, you put that into a CD and you're going to get, you know, let's say $8,000 a year in income or something like that. So why wouldn't you do that? You know, well, I mean, there's a, there are reasons not to put all your money into a, into an immediate annuity like that. But let's, let's say you do take uh, $2,000 uh, out of there. Well, that still leaves three quarters of your money set aside to grow and to, and to, and, and uh, so you take 25,000 out, you turn that into a $2,000 a year income, get a couple hundred dollars extra a month that, that might help you at a time like this with rap, with rampant inflation. So anyway, just, and, uh, and it's very, um, and, and the rest of it, you never have to worry about it, you know, because you still have it in your CDs and, and it's not going to lose money. So anyway, there are just little things that we can do. We can, we can help. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's just on the, the basic part that, you know, that some, just a small financial services trick that you can do to, to get, to, to help you get through these, these times where, especially if you're like social security only, and you've got, you've got, a uh, a small nest egg, you know, $60,000, let's say, you know, you still might be able to get a little bit more income and, and live a little bit more comfortably. But having somebody local like you and somebody that's got three decades plus experience mm -hmm. and you're clearly in the risk mitigation business largely, right? which mm -hmm. includes not just your property and stuff, but your money and mm -hmm. 
and whatever you know whatever fiscal help that you can you can provide somebody and being there local i'm curious with the growth inside the village especially over the last 18 months or so that influx of people who've moved into the village from out of state and and i don't know and brought you and brought brought their business to you or mm-hmm. or maybe more appropriately those who those who haven't which mm-hmm. seems to me colossally foolish but who am i you know mm-hmm. i mean if you're in the community and you're there and you've got this experience i don't know i'm curious the last 18 months what that's looked like for you guys as far as your experience with all the influx of people coming into the village yeah i mean we've we've definitely gotten a bunch in and uh, uh it's been a boom for all of us who work in anything insurance or financial services related and uh um you know, but you also see um, because of the turbulent times we have right now, a lot of those, a lot, that's a time where a lot of people feel very, very vulnerable. And really, you know, the riskiest times in a person's life financially are in the first few years before retirement, maybe five years before and five years after. And uh, there's, there's, uh, there's a uh, concept um, called sequence of returns. So, and, and the way it works is, let's say you save for 40 years and you know, you have great years, you have terrible years, you go through 2008, 2009, you go through boom years, uh, you have a a market like we've had in the last year. Um, You know, you have all those ups and downs. Well, you can take all those results year by year, scramble them all up and, uh, and, uh, and do the math on it. And from the beginning of time, when you started saving till right now, the final result is going to be exactly the same. So it doesn't matter growing when it happens. When it really starts mattering is when you start taking it out. Because if you take out when the market crashes um, right after you retire, then that's when you're really vulnerable. And that's where, you, that, that's where the long-term projections show your, your finances going down and down. I mean, if you, if you start taking your money out in a boom market where you take it out and your mark and your money's still going up, then your chances of succeeding are a whole lot better. And there are ways, there are, there are strategies that you can use to, to, uh, to get around that, you know, using, uh, uh, annuity products and things like that. So anyway, and, 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 and let me say this, um, I, I, a lot of people, mo- one of the most common things I hear are, um, I've been told annuities are a bad thing. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, nobody, nobody says good things about annuities, you know, and, 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 uh, annuities can be a variety of things. There are so many different types of annuities out there. You know, your social security check is an annuity because the definition of an annuity is the series of payments. And, uh, so a fixed annuity, uh, a fixed immediate annuity is the most simple annuity product. You give the, the insurance company, um, uh, let's say $100,000, okay? And the insurance company is going to do the calculation. They're going to say, you're going to live this long. We can pay you this much this much a month and we'll pay it for as long as you live. If you live to 120, we're still going to be paying you that annuity. And then there's there's variations that you could put in there as to how much you live or leave for your children or your heirs and so forth. But there are things that can vary that. So that's the most simple, but the, and but it's not tied to the market at all. 
a fixed annuity is just based, it, it's not that much different than a uh, CD. It just has different access rules as to when you can get the money. You have, you can access 10% of it at any given time, whereas you're more tied in with the CD, but, um, but there are higher surrender charges on that. If you, if you take more than 10% out, which you don't have with the CD. And, and so anyway, there's, there's, uh, there's pluses and minuses, all those things, but then the annuity can be all the way up to the, the, the people, the ones that people are afraid of, which are the, uh, the variable annuities and the, the ones that have all the bells and whistles, whistles and fees and all these other types of things, which can be, uh, which can be fantastic for a person, or it could be a mistake for a person. And it just all depends on, on the situation. So, I mean, there is no one size fits all type things, but, but there are definitely strategies that, that you can use if you just draw a little bit of income out uh, you know, to protect your, uh, the money that you know that you have to spend and, uh, and, uh, that can, that can make your life better and, uh, and leave the rest in, in something where you can grow, uh, that, that you don't have to draw from it. It extends the time horizon that you, that you have to access the money because you don't need it for, for the next five, 10 years, whatever. And that allows that to grow and overcome down markets and and other things like that so anyway there there are a lot of different which is why you need a guide which is why you need a guide somebody that does this stuff more than the average bear like me and yeah yeah you plug it into the software and uh and show them you know you show them the the graph where it where uh it shows you uh you know you get a lot of green lines going up where your money your money keeps growing and growing and uh you got a 95% 95% uh, success ratio. And then if you look at it and there's a lot of red lines and it's crashing and burning and everything, it's like, then, then we can adjust from that and uh, find you something that's going to give you all those green lines and, and protect you in the long run. So I'm a new prospective customer and I come in, what is that process going to look like? What's it going to, what's the experience going to feel like for me? On the financial services side, we'll talk yeah. about, well, first of all, we'll talk about protection. You know, um, what do you have to protect? You know, is there a, is there a life insurance need? Is there a banking product need? Is there a uh, is there a, a fixed annuity need? Is there a um, legacy need? I mean, you may ha- you may want to leave money for the next generation or something like that. Maybe that's your thing. So we're going to ask a ton of questions about what you have, what your goals are, uh, what your spending is, and what you what you anticipate your spending being. And so it's a, it's a lot of fact finding that goes into the process from the very beginning. And then we start ruling out products that, that may not fit. Like in your case, you know, you, you just mentioned, uh, not really interested in life insurance. Don't have to replace income. My, my income is fine. You know, we're, um, it's like, well, that's good. Then we can, uh, then we can rule that product out. Uh, we have other situations where life insurance is really important to them. You know, you get a spouse where, uh, or you get a situation where a spouse passes away and the other spouse is going to be left with, uh, with a big loss of income because you lose, uh, you lose a pension or something like that. Well, then all of a sudden you get a bigger problem. Uh, you know, so maybe life insurance is the solution to that or a first to die policy or a second to die policy. So a first to die policy is basically a policy where you have two couple, uh, two people in the couple, uh, it, uh, both insured by the same policy, and it pays off the benefit when the first one dies. Then you've got a survivorship policy or a second to die, 
where it doesn't pay when the first one dies, it pays when the second one dies. And that's used to leave money to the next generation in a very tax advantaged way. Mm. Um, you know, we paid, it was last year, we paid a couple of death claims. Uh, one was $2 million on a second die policy. The other was, um, the other was, the other was a situation where a guy had, a, um, it wasn't necessarily state tax purposes. A guy just had $100,000. What are you going to do with this? nothing. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't need the income. I don't need any more income. I don't need the money. Uh, I'm okay. If, if, uh, if I have to go into a nursing home or something like that, I just want to leave it to my kids. It's like, okay, well, let's take that hundred thousand dollars and turn it into $250,000 with a second and die policy. Um, anyway, they, uh, uh, wife passed away. Nothing happened. Husband passed away. Kids got a check for $250,000 out of a hundred thousand dollars in, 12 years or something like that. It's like, you can't do that. You can't do that through any other safe uh, what are, guaranteed what are the, investment. What are the tax know? implications of that? I'm sorry, but what are the tax implications of that? I mean, that insurance money, that, did they have to pay tax on? That's the beauty of it. Uh, life insurance is, is the most tax favored instrument out there by hmm. far, by far. You know, there was a case a few years ago. Um, I mean, a gross tax deferred. And then it pays out tax deferred. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, pays out tax free. So um, there is a case a few years ago, uh, some dot-com millionaire in California, they, you know, nobody knows who it is, but probably, probably like an Elon Musk type or a Bill Gates type or somebody like that, you know, some, and, and uh, they bought a 200, it wouldn't say A because it was multiple policies, but it was, uh, they bought 240 million dollars in life insurance okay it's not because they needed a 240 million dollar funeral if they they did it because it's a smart thing to do with your money and and uh and so if you if you've got money that you're never going to spend in your lifetime is the most tax advantage way to pass it on to the next generation and so uh and i think it was like 10 different insurance companies because nobody's willing to take on the risk all by themselves. And so anyway, but, and, um, and they did, it was just a, uh, uh, a quarter billion dollars in, in life insurance. So some, anyway. some real estate agent was very happy. He got that commission or 20 real estate agents or 10 real, I mean, real estate uh, or insur insurance, yeah, agents. life insurance. Agents. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody made a fortune on that. That's for sure. Well, just, just a, a, a general question. And I know this doesn't, basically the answer is we need to come see you and ask questions. Two things I need to share real quick. I had a, uh, <clears throat> got a gentleman living here in the village. He's a watcher and listener of the show. And he was telling me they're remodeling their house. And he was telling me that probably six to nine months ago, he was like, you know, I, I really don't need the income. You know, I've really, I've, I've really got all the money I need, frankly, Who, whoever says that, huh? I'm like, well, well, really? He said, you know, I, I, I really just don't need any more income. I'll help you with this thing we were working on. But um, I really just don't need any more income. Okay, cool. Congrats. Yeah. I talked to him in the last mm -hmm. month and he said, man, every time the, the market goes down, I'm thinking, man, there's another few months I've got to keep working. And I'm like, ouch, mm -hmm. that's how quickly things change. Let, let, me, yeah, let me paint a scenario that I see very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody moved to the village 10 or 15 years ago. They've got their house paid off. They've got a, a, a stipend of some court. They've got some kind of residual income coming in. They're relatively in this market, they're relatively house rich and cash income poor. 
What would be your solution to that? Or is there a great solution that State Farm could offer? Um, I'm probably going to, uh, um, it's something like that. Okay. In, in our business, it's at least, um, I, don't know, I know there are some agents out there that do that, but, but um, we've got to put everything through um, suitability when we do it. Even if it's a simple um, $25,000 fixed annuity, it's got to go through our suitability people. And uh, one of the questions they ask is, this, is this money coming from equity in a home? And, uh, and so uh, they are very, um, I don't know, I, I would be very hesitant to take equity out of a home and put it into an instrument like that. Now I've got to, that being said, I mean, I've, I've read books where you're, you can take money out of your home equity, especially at a time like this where your home equity is really uh, big and uh, put it into life insurance products or other products like that. And, uh, and uh, I've seen the calculations and I've seen it work and everything like that, but, uh, but personally, I wouldn't do it. And I, and if, even if I did it, uh, uh, I couldn't get it through suitability. So, so anyway, that's, that's, that's kind of a tricky question. Okay. Okay. And I didn't mean to throw you a curveball. I'm just, I can see that. that I, I can see that position. You just don't want to cross. So. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. And I didn't know if that was a, 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 a refinance, um, you know, um, a reverse loan, loan type thing, or I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just trying to imagine a solution for that because I can imagine yeah. there are several villagers that may be in that position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, um, I know people who've done reverse mortgages. We don't, we don't do reverse mortgages, uh, but I know there are some out there that do them. And, uh, you know, one of those things, some people uh, stay away from re re reverse mortgages, you know, well, it's just like any other financial instrument. It's right for some people. It's wrong for some people. You know, if, if, uh, if you got, uh, if your kids don't care about inheriting anything and, uh, they're mostly concerned with, uh, with mom living comfortably in her last few years or whatever, uh, and she's going to tap into the, the, the home equity that she has, whatever, then fine. You know, you know, do the reverse mortgage. Mom lives happily. The kids, kids, uh, you know, they may not inherit anything or maybe they pay off the reverse mortgage and keep the house or something like that. But uh, anyway, it's just it's it's a very individual situation. I mean, there's sure. there's no one size fits all for for anybody. You know, it, it just uh, I mean, there's some some cases I've seen where it's just like a no brainer. Why are you? why are you keeping your money in CDs and money market accounts when we could do so much better with other things and they just refuse to do it? Um, and it's just not for everybody, you know, and, but there, there are uh, other situations like that where I've seen uh, people put something into something that just doesn't really fit uh, in them. And, uh, and, and to be honest, I've had a couple situations where you have the conversation with the, with the customer. And uh, I mean, you, you diagnose the problem. They're happy with the solution um, and everything makes sense. And then a couple of years later, Hey, I need to get money out of this annuity. It's like, that wasn't your plan. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> next thing you know, they're spending all their life savings and they're not even 65 years old, you know? Ouch. And so anyway, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's like, man, if I, if, if we had stuck with the plan, you'd be in great shape. Uh, but you know, they, they just didn't, follow the guidance and, 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 uh, they, 
they uh, or they probably more likely, uh, I, I guess, a better way to describe it is they underestimated what their spending was going to be in the next few years and committed themselves to something that really didn't fit what turned out to be. So anyway, twenty four so, twenty four years inside the in in the village, operating thirty some odd, you know, with with State Farm. I want to shift gears to to you, sure. your personal, your business philosophy, just the the, the way that the way that you approach doing business, and then if if you don't mind, I'd like I'd like to hear you know kind of your your vision of of the future for you for your business and and kind of what you see in yeah. and around Hot Springs Village. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we we're very blessed. First of all. Um, uh, I'm very blessed to represent uh, State Farm Insurance, which last week, um, what is today, uh, Thursday. So, yeah, it was a week ago Tuesday, we celebrated our 100th anniversary uh, oh. in, in business. And so, uh, I mean, we've been number one in auto insurance since 1942. We've been number one in, uh, company, uh, nationwide in homeowners insurance since 1964. Uh, we're the number one uh, business insurer out there now, uh, number two or so life insurance company in America, I think it is. We've been number one that just kind of goes back and forth in terms of policies and, and so forth. And so anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm very blessed to represent a great company, uh, very proud of the company that we have. Uh, my business uh, model here is... Uh, to uh, always keep the foot on the accelerator, always, always try to grow the business. Um, I've got people that work for me that uh, I want to keep them um, happy and, uh, and happily employed and making a lot of money with me uh, for as long as I can possibly make it happen. I'm, uh, I turn 60 years old next year and uh, I don't have any plans on retiring just blew up my office from six people to 10 people. I've got a, a bunch of trainees in here now. And uh, uh, the, the philosophy that we have is, first of all, to achieve some of the biggest things that the company uh, that you can achieve in our company. And second of all, uh, uh, I, I want to, I want a lot of people doing the heavy lifting because we've, we've been demanding an awful lot of our employees uh, for, for the last few years. So, yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we just want to be the best, out here. We want to take care of our customers. We want to have, um, um, you know, we want to, we want to be the one-stop shop for, for villagers when they're looking for insurance and financial services. And, uh, and for that, it takes people and it takes training and it takes, um, it, it, it uh, and, and, uh, as good as we've been, we can be so much better. Safe to say that you've not seen anything like the last 18 months in the village before um you know i'm i was not here uh like in the 80s when we were really booming and uh you know the 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 early years where where people were just like i mean everywhere you went there were houses being built and everything um for a few years it seemed kind of stagnant i remember we had a hot real estate market back in 2006 2007 or so but that uh the financial the financial crisis put an end to that and uh but uh, yeah, the last last eighteen months, it's just really blown up, and it's been very exciting to watch it happen here. And it's uh, it's a great place, you know. Um, there's a million great reasons to to move here and live here. I mean, we we always uh, I remember we were talking a few years ago when the lottery was 
hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. And we just were saying, where would you move if you won the lottery? And I was like, I could stay right here. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I could visit any place I want to go to, but I like coming home to here. You know, this is, this is a fantastic place. Well, Ike, I want to bring up something that you shared with me earlier. And uh, Randy, I don't think you know this one, but uh, uh, I don't know why, but in my mind, you're talking about the, you know, blowing this place up and and really getting the best of it. And and the song burning down the house came to my mind. (laughs) And, and Randy, you're going to like this. Uh, Ike, why don't you tell me about burning down the house? Why don't you tell me about building your new office? (laughs) When I built this. Yes. So, man, I can't believe you remember the story. So, <laughs> it was a great story. I couldn't miss it. <laughs> so, um, so um, this, this is right where, across where from I'm, where the Sonic is, right? Yeah, right across from the Sonic, where I'm sitting uh, right now. Um, you know, we had a we we had an office uh, right next door. It's uh, West End Hair Company right now, and uh, so anyway, uh, and this was. A uh, actually not. I take it that that wasn't even built yet. So I bought this whole acre lot, and um, and this was an old uh, used to be the stakeout. And then when I moved here, it was the Bangkok restaurant, it's the Thai restaurant. It was a log building, and uh, and then uh, when that closed down, uh, it was a uh, somebody bought the land, and basically they were training dogs in there. So you, you walk in the place and it smelled like urine and, and, and everything. And it was just this, uh, it's just this crappy old building. And, uh, so anyway, and I need the building out of the way. And so one of my employees, her, um, husband was, uh, chief of the Jesseville volunteer fire department. And, uh, and I, I was saying, man, that's going to be, I mean, that's a long building. That's a lot of expense in getting that building out of the way. And, uh, so anyway, um, they said, well, it's, it's, you think they, you think the fire department would burn it down? And so she asked and he said, well, we can do it as a training exercise, except we can't light the match. So uh, <laughs> you've got to light the match. And so anyway, he's like, Hey, I'm game. And so I mean, how many chances in your life do you get to burn down a building? Your legally. own building, <laughs> my own building legally. And so anyway, uh, so yeah, we came in and, um, we, uh, it didn't take any accelerants because it was because <laughs> it was because it was an old kitchen that we started the fire in. It was just all greasy, and so anyway, uh, we put some boxes in there and uh, lit the boxes and left and uh, and cranked out uh, talking heads burning down the house on the uh, on the boombox and uh, and watched the place burn down for a few hours. And it was it was pretty cool. So they, it, uh, I think they kept it going to like two a.m. and then finally they. Uh, they put the fire out and, uh, and it was, there was still some logs, but it was a lot of ashes, a lot easier to excavate the, the property. So only yeah, a fire, only was, a fire department knows how to really burn down the house correctly. I believe. Oh yeah. You know, I have a brother-in-law, an ex-brother-in-law who, uh, he was a fire chief in Massachusetts. And, uh, I remember my father giving him a hard time once because they had a training exercise there and it got out of hand. And so he's <laughs> like, what's going on? You, this Massachusetts, my father had the, the Boston accent that I used to have once by that. It's like, what's going on there? The fire department is, is burning down the old, their own fire Academy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, they, they, they literally did burn down part of the fire Academy. 
That's funny. Did you that's, take, that's, did you take pictures of this event? Your event? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good. We did. We were throwing we were throwing rocks at the windows and uh, and uh, trying to trying to get some air in there. And any my uh, my uh, oldest daughter was uh, I mean she's just a little girl back back then. She was terrified. <laughs> she was terrified. But the other one was a little always a little bit more uh, adventurous. Uh, she thought it was really cool. We called her anyway. Pyro. <laughs> pyro, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, well, how would you forget a story like that? Oh, I, I, when yeah. he told that, I was like, man, you get to burn down your own business? Who wouldn't buy that property? Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah people well, like, hey, was it insured? It's like, I said, like, why would I insure a building that I'd... <laughs> that thing would be better off better off gone like if somebody came in a truck and stole the building overnight i'd be uh, i'd be uh, thanking them so yeah, wrote I, a, I did wrote them a check here you go who do i make this I, out to i didn't have so, a dime of insurance on it so apparently dog urine is an accelerant it's what i hear tell right uh well no it was in the kitchen it was in the <laughs> kitchen so anyway which by the way turns out there were a bunch of wasps in there too so we did not spend a lot of time and once the smoke came up like the wasps started swarming around. So we just ran, we ran out of there as fast as we could close the door and, uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, got away, let the wasp, let the wasp burn up in the fire. Small the town entertainment on a Friday night, too. Randy. I'm sorry. Yes, it was. It was Friday night. Yeah. yeah it that's was funny. Friday night. That's mm-hmm. funny. Well, uh, is it time for the lightning round, Randy? Uh, it can be. I think we need to ask this man some serious questions, some probing questions between yeah. tacos and pizza. Yeah. Yeah. yeah real okay. probing. Hiking, hunting, fishing, or golfing? Golfing. Hamburger, golfing. Ta- hamburger tacos, or pizza? Uh, you know what? Um, uh, pizza, but it would be uh, like uh, the pizza for, that I grew up with back in Massachusetts. And you know, the best pizza is, is up there is not Italian, it's Greek. Okay. Describe, it or not. describe this for us. Um, well, you know, it's like it's pizza, just like anything else. Maybe, uh, maybe a little bit more cheese. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, it just seemed like all the best pizza places were owned by Greeks and not Italians. Was there like an egg you in know? the middle or something or what? No, 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 no. I mean, it's just like regular pizza. I mean, it looked, it's just like Italian pizza, but for some reason it's just in our, in central Massachusetts, where I grew up, uh, the best pizza places seem to always be Greek and describe the crust. What kind of crust? Like I say, just like any other pizza. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's oh, more like you know, being being from the Northeast, it's it's closer to New York style than anything else. It sounds like the cheese made the difference, is what I'm hearing you say. Cheese, yeah, it's a little, maybe a little cheesier than a typical New York pizza, but uh, but Greek. Um, maybe maybe a little bit thicker crust than you'd find in a New York pizza, but okay, but we'll give much. we'll give we'll give away. We're not giving away the time, but the timeline mm-hmm. people will be. So are you, I'm not a fan of the NBA, but I do watch it when it gets to the finals. So mm-hmm. you, you, how you feeling? How you feeling about uh, your team here? Okay. Well, as of, as of right now, when we're recording this, uh, uh, it's game six tonight and it's either the last game of the season or the Celtics have an up, epic comeback in the, in the garden and, uh, take it back to golden state. And how you feel? Uh, how am I feeling? I, uh, I have not really enjoyed the last two games that much, uh, but <laughs> But to be honest, the, the last game, well, I mean, they, they were in it for the first three quarters of game four. Last game, they, uh, they, uh, they had a terrible start and came back and took the lead in the third and then just, like, rolled over. And uh, so, anyway, how am I feeling? Uh, I feeling like game seven's coming? 
I don't, um, I, I would not rule out the possibility of game seven. Uh, can we sustain it for, for two games, one, one home, one on the road? I don't know, but, uh, but I, um, look, being a New England fan, I've seen a lot of things. I saw, <laughs> I saw my Red Sox come back from three games to nothing against the Yankees and, and, uh, and break the curse in 2004. I saw, uh, I saw the Patriots come back from 28 to three in the third quarter and, and win the Super Bowl a few years against the, against the Falcons. So I'm, I, I never say never, you know, used to, L- used living- to be New- being a New England fan was, uh, it was kind of a, uh, other than the Celtics back in the sixties and seventies and eighties, I mean, everything else was just, uh, just disappointment after disappointment. And now it's like, Hey, okay, we're, we're down a little bit, but we're not out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, pu- I'm pulling, I'm pulling for your, your bunch, you know, and I'm not a new Englander as my, it's a, you know, it's a very likable team. They're a bunch of good guys. I, yeah. I just, yeah. I, I like watching them. Yeah. All right. Beaches or woods. Um, geez, that's a close toss up, but you know what? I, I guess, uh, um, uh, I do like going to the beach. I do. I do like, actually, I do like going to resorts on the beach, but I, I'm more of a pool than a beach guy. <laughs> Yeah, more of, of a resort same. guy, maybe. I'm a resort guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like let's let's go. let's go to the let's look at the ocean, but not get sand all over. Us. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, texting or talking? Talking. Favorite day of the week. Favorite day of the week is probably uh, Feel Good Friday. We do Feel Good Friday over here, and uh, and so it's always a lighter atmosphere around the office and then uh we usually have something something fun going on friday all right so give us an example of what you might do on a feel good friday so we go around the table and everybody talks about um what makes you feel good and uh so uh you know somebody might be hey i'm going to lake this weekend or i'm going on a trip next week or my daughter did something whatever i had an employee last week hey um my fiance and i were looking for a house and so we we go around we share that with everybody it's a you know, we do a lot of morning meetings where you do training or you do uh, something serious and feel good Friday is, uh, is, uh, it's just a chance to relax and enjoy with each other. You know, one of the best things about having your own business, you get to pick the people you work with and, yeah. uh, and, and I love the people that I work with and, and, uh, especially, uh, you know, this, you know, since we've blown up our team to 10 employees, we've got six trainees right now. And, uh, I mean, I could go through the list and tell you why I love every one of them. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a great, uh, great atmosphere we have here. Well, well, let me interject a story. I know this is your question, but I want to tell you real quick. I, I was talking to Joy, your right-hand lady, who is the queen bee. Oh, my God. She handles everything. Extremely awesome. capable. Never, never. Just unflappable. She was always on it. And, Randy, mm-hmm. she was telling me that she had been wanting to see her daughter's uh, post in the yearbook. This is last year, of course. And I said, well, why? And she said, well, she said she wrote something in the yearbook and she wouldn't tell me what it was. And Mm -hmm. so I found out a couple of days later, I said, what was it? And she said, her daughter's quote, now this is what you want to be known in infinity for, right? Life's Mm -hmm. too short to date ugly cowboys. There's (laughs) there's a truth. Life is too short to date ugly cowboys. I just want to let you know Mm -hmm. that, Randy. I don't know if you knew that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. (laughs) Good to know. All right. Favorite city in the U S besides the one you live in, uh, besides Boston. Um, I, I won't, I won't count Boston, okay. count Boston. Cause I grew up there, but a uh, favorite other city, probably new Orleans, um, fun city. Um, and I, I just love the South Louisiana culture. You know, I married a, a Cajun girl. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I got to say New Orleans. And you ate her food, so that was the that was where it all went downhill, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they told they told us uh, at Fort Pope when I was stationed there in the army. So don't let the Cajun women cook you gumbo. And uh, <laughs> I found out why and yeah. uh, and ended up hooked and, and uh, stayed in Louisiana for 12 years until I came up here. So anyway, that's all right. There's so, a there's there's a bunch of Louisians and Louisianans in the in the village. So it's good. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, we, we all know where to go when we want a crawfish brawl. So. All right. Yes, current favorite yes. band or musician. And by current, um, I mean, anybody you're listening to right now, I don't mean, I don't mean current as far as popular well, yeah. or anything goes. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. I mean, um, current for well, you, uh, like who are you like, listening to uh, right now? Anybody who, like right now? Um, yeah. probably, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of, um, old school. Um, that's all right. I, I grew up on classic rock and everything. My, my band was the Rolling Stones, um, took my, uh, took my daughter to see him last fall and everything. So, I mean, that I was always a huge stones fan, uh, stones, Beatles, you know, I love, uh, I love, um, Bob Dylan. And, and you know what, um, if I, I like Bob Dylan's stuff from the last 25 years, as much as I like his stuff from the sixties and yeah. it just, uh, I too. yeah, I mean, he's just, he's just, uh, uh, I mean, I just absolutely love the guy. I mean, the guy is just iconic. He's, he's just, uh, I don't know, won the Nobel Prize for Literature, and if you've ever read his autobiography, Chronicles, you mm-hmm. see, I mean, the guy's just as good a writer. He's yeah, a good radio show uh, that he had for years on Sirius XM, uh, yep. Bob Dylan's Theme Time Radio Hour, great radio host. I mean, the guy can do everything, and he's just he's just a cool guy, and and he's a good guy. Yeah, he, he can do, he can do everything, but but enunciate. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I understand the people who say he can't sing, and uh, and oh my, I guess my most famous recent band, like within the last twenty years, uh, old ninety sevens. Um, oh, man, look at you! Look at you! Yeah. Picking a yeah, bunch of guys from Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth over here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Love All right, you, you've got an hour to do nothing. What are you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, good answer. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if I get an hour to do nothing, uh, it just depends. You know, I probably uh, lately um, I've been working on my golf game a little bit and, uh, or I'll just hang out. we got an outdoor kitchen. I love hanging out in the outdoor kitchen. We're, we're on Lake Cortez. Uh, um, been doing a lot of time, a lot of time outside, just working in the yard. And All right. What are you cooking in the outdoor talk. kitchen? I got to ask. Um, a lot of barbecue and, uh, burgers and so forth. Uh, I've got my office team coming over this weekend for a party, a celebratory party, and we're cooking uh Filipino pork, which is delicious. Absolutely delicious. That's awesome. uh, I don't think I've ever yeah. had that. It's like, just, just to interject real quick. I'm sorry. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Like enough. I don't think enough people actually celebrate their victories. I really don't. I think that that's a problem yeah. in business. Everybody goes, okay, we hit that goal. Great. Now the next one, let's go celebrate. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's enjoy it. Right. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite, yeah, holiday. favorite holiday, favorite holiday, favorite holiday, uh, Thanksgiving, first job, Thanksgiving. your very first job. Uh, <laughs> well, I had a paper route when I was a little boy. And then uh, I had one one of my customers. Uh, he had uh, kennels at his house and everything, and he needed help delivering dog food. So uh, so I I would drive around uh, um, 
into Boston and all over just delivering dog food to, to people <laughs> with him. He'd smoke his camel cigarettes and I'd have the window open just gagging. And uh, anyway, just old guy. We did that. Uh, I mean, he was 80 something years old. We did that for, for a couple of years. And I don't think I've uh, ever met anybody who delivered dog food till now. Delivered dog food. Yeah. For, to, to the guy that had my paper route. So it was, so I was like, that was my uh, side hustle for my paper <laughs> right. route gig. Well, you need a side hustle. That's good. Do you play a musical mm-hmm. instrument? Uh, no, no, but, uh, I've got a, the heart of a musician, but I don't have the talent of a musician. I don't, I can't even sing very well. Yep. I feel you. Okay. Describe your favorite. My daughter's made up for it though. Okay. But how so? Uh, they're both musicians and singers and they're both fantastic. And they play what, what instrument do they play? Um, uh, Caroline plays guitar and piano and Camille, um, Guitar, piano, bass, drums. Uh, she's in Nashville right now. She's uh, she went there because she she wanted to get in the music industry and graduated in the middle of a pandemic, which was a little bit challenging. But anyway, she's she's a she's multi talented. And how's how's she, she liking how's she like what's her Nashville experience? I gotta ask. Oh, she's loving it there. She's loving it. Um, she, yeah, it's where uh, everybody's she ta- everybody's talented and everybody can play. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And she made a lot of friends in college because there's so many others like that. A lot of friends in college who were super talented too. So anyway. yeah, one day I'll have to tell you about having a young man named Mitch Rossell on a, mm-hmm. on another podcast that I had and Mitch Rossell okay. was struggling. He was, a, he was busking and he was playing at Tootsie's in Nashville and he writes a song and he connects with a guy named Garth Brooks. Oh yeah. I saw and, him last and, week. And a year and a year or two, a year or two ago, and I don't know if did Mitch open for him? No. And Mitch is on tour with him opening. So mm-hmm. and I shame on me, I can't remember. Two years ago, Gar's number one song written, Mitch Rossell. So really it can happen. Mm-hmm. That's the well, point of the story. It can everybody- happen. Everybody tells the story about being at the Bluebird Cafe or whatever, which we love the place. I mean, we love yep. uh, Broadway, the whole nine yards. Not everybody gets to play on the stage at, at the Bluebird. And like Randy says, there are thousands of yep. thousands of talented people, more talented than you are typically. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's like any other, once any other the, creative thing, night, though. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Describe your favorite meal. Favorite meal is uh, crawfish etouffee. Um, uh, being uh, married to a Cajun, everything I just love Cajun food. Uh, but yeah, crawfish etouffee is is uh, I guess uh, you know I, I've kind of gone back and forth over the years, and I've kind of settled on that. You know, that would be my the, the last one I ever want to eat is uh, is crawfish etouffee. Wise what's choice. your What's your address on Cortez again? Yeah, it's a wise <laughs> choice. All right, first concert that you ever went to. Uh, Fog Hat and the Outlaws. It was uh, election night, 1980. Uh, it was uh, when Reagan got elected, and uh, and it's kind of funny. A few few months ago for uh, St. Patrick's Day, Fog Hat played downtown uh, Hot Springs, and uh, and I was out there early when they were rehearsing. It's like I saw you guys election night, 1980. I think only the drummers from the original band, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, but they um, that was a long time ago. Uh, funniest movie funniest movie um oh my goodness 
the funniest movie I think is, um, I would say blazing saddles. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I love my- blazing saddles. I love Mel Brooks. I do too. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a shame, uh, because it is such a, uh, uh, it's so politically incorrect, but it was done as a spoof against racism, things like that. But man, if you ever see Blazing Saddles on like regular TV and, you know, where, where they censor out all the jokes it. and everything like, man, they, it's like a documentary of the old West. Cause all the funny parts are gone. Well, and Richard Pryor helped write it. So there is that. Yes. Yes. Favorite yes, sports absolutely. team. You got a bunch to choose from up in Boston. <laughs> Well, I, I've always said uh, my favorite team is the Red Sox. Uh, you know, New England is just such a Red Sox baseball area. But, uh, you know, of course, the, the those Patriots teams all those years well, made, made a little different. My favorite sport is football. And uh, I tell you, I, I mean, I just, uh, uh, you know, for years, I never missed a Patriots game if it was on, even if it, even if I had to listen to it on the radio. Well, they're, 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 they're still good. They still got it going on. And that, that new, yeah. quarter, that new quarterback, he's, I think he's the real deal. Okay. Cake or pie. Oh my goodness. Um, I would say, uh, let's say, uh, pie. I'll what say kind? pie. What um, kind? Apple, blueberry, cherry, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, fruity. Yeah. Fruity. fruity. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? I try for eight. I never achieve it. Um, I, I, um, but I, I do usually go to bed at like 10 o'clock or so, wake up at six fifteen. So anyway, and I'm usually, usually up for a while at some point during the night. Yeah, I got it. What's your favorite article of clothing? Um, favorite article of clothing, man, uh, shorts. Cause if I'm wearing shorts, it's, uh, I'm usually having, fun. Yeah. <laughs> usually have more fun than being at the office. All right. Here's the last one. Favorite quote. Favorite quote. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm having a mental block because I know if I thought hard enough, I could think of uh, of a bunch. Um, Oh geez. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank, Randy. You you stumped me. No, that's all right. That's all right. It's all, it's all right to end on a stump. And as we're, as we're right here at father's day, I want to say, I'm going to give credit to my dad. One of my favorite quotes that I heard my dad say all the time. And maybe this will jog your memory. Ike. my dad said, it is always better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Now, (laughs) given the amount of time that I talk, you would think that I would have listened to that, that advice better. Wouldn't you think Randy? Uh, No comment. (laughs) No comment. Let's hear a quote from your dad. What would your dad say? I know he's coming up. What? 90. What? Uh, Lord willing in September, my dad turns 99. Um, my mom turned 90, uh, last month, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad's a guy, very few words. So I don't, I mean, if I had to quote anything, my dad said, it'd be, it'd be yeah boy, you know, cause that's about the only (laughs) phrase, you know, my dad just that yeah, boy is, is kind of still the, you know, you doing okay over there, Jeff. Yeah, boy. You know, I mean, just. He was, he's just, he's just your typical good old Oklahoma guy, you know, doesn't, doesn't have a whole lot to say. So, yeah, my dad was, uh, I mean, he was, uh, a jokester and he'd always be telling jokes and, you know, it'd be like, uh, if somebody, uh, 
somebody called my house or whatever, you'd always be, that's my wife. I'm not here. <laughs> and so anyway, even, even if my mom was standing right next to him, you know, it just, just things like that. He, he and he and his brother, my uncle Jimmy, uh, they always had these, these corny jokes that they would go back and forth. Uh, um, you know, just stupid jokes like, uh, Hey, you know, that song, uh, Tony's push cart. I don't know. How does it go? It's like, it doesn't go. You have to push it. It's just stupid stuff like that. Anyway. I like it. I like it. That's better than a favorite quote. I, yeah. I like that a lot. That's worth it. It's worth the admission price of admission right there. Well, I appreciate you being on. I'm going to let you and Dennis have the last word. Yeah, I'm just going to say for Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Randy. He's Ike. And Ike, it's been a pleasure. I actually think we haven't turned over every stone with you yet. We have some more things to talk about in insurance. Uh, We were just trying to reach some financial information today. And I think you gave us some great leads. The bottom line is, I think it's a good idea to call the office and ask, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, very good idea. Very good idea. Just give me a call here, 984-4100, and we'll talk to you about whatever you'd like to talk about. 501-984-4100. 501-984-4100. And I'm going to have to cover that area code in there because I got to tell you, I, people from all over the world listen and call. And uh, right. uh, I hope you would honestly, I, and I'll, I'll go ahead and set my testimonial. Uh, I had a gentleman from farmers in Northwest Arkansas that I met online who insured all of our Airbnbs uh, was a great guy. Jeffrey Daniels, love him, love him, and was able to talk with Ike, and Ike saved us hundreds of dollars in every direction and put a million-dollar umbrella policy on top of everything. Um, ouch. About 10 days before our gentleman drowned on the lake. So every every time you think you, ah, that's not going to happen here, and I must have told myself that every night when I went to bed. And then my, mm-hmm. my nightmare came to fruition. And at that same time, not 10 days before I had called you and worked with joy and not only got a great deal, but got much, much, much more protection than I ever would have dreamt. Yeah, um, absolutely. I remember, I remember doing that. I remember getting the call from you yeah. and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Shocking. Well, for hot springs village inside out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Randy Cantrell and he's Ike call Ike 501-984-4100 for any of your questions like that. See you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.